knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. I don't know if you can hear it right now, but I've got a smile on my face. I am thrilled with the episode that we just launched, and I'm thrilled that you guys are joining us today to listen to this episode. If this is your first time with us, my name's Walt, and I'm joined by my co-host Chase, the legend down in Gainesville. And uh, we're here to announce something pretty big. We're here to announce something pretty big that's been in the works for quite some time. Um, I don't know if you guys think we're just kind of blowing smoke up your butt when we tell you we got big things working because it takes a while for these things to develop. But tonight, I think uh, the final part of of our uh, summer projects that we've been telling you about comes to fruition. Yes, it does. Like you said, we've both uh, kind of been waiting for this. Uh, we both, I mean, I've got a big smile on my face. I, I can't <laughs> wait to uh, announce it to everybody. So why don't you go ahead and do that for us? Yeah, guys, this episode, we get to introduce to you the new title sponsor of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, which is Tethered. You've heard from Greg. He's been on the podcast several times. You know that I got into saddle hunting this year, and Chase has vocalized that this year he's getting into into saddle hunting. And when we were given this opportunity to work with with Greg and Tethered, it was a no-brainer for us, and and they they just fit who we are and where we're going with this podcast so well. I'm just, I'm at a loss for words. I've been trying to think about what I would say in this intro the entire time, but uh, this is, this is awesome. I mean, this is an incredible opportunity. Yeah, it is. It's an incredible opportunity for us. Uh, like I said, we both want to use this company's products, uh, fit in to our, uh, our hunting styles of the like run and gun style that that's what saddle hunting's uh, all about. And we had Greg on, I mean, he's just such a class act and a great guy. I mean, I've met him several Absolutely. times now. Uh, he's always like super friendly and he, he's one of those guys that he'll, he wants to sell you on saddle hunting more than he's actually going to try to sell you on hunting out of his product, which I think is amazing. Right. So, uh, I like Greg. I like the tethered. I like all the guys that are on the, uh, that, that work with tethered too. I mean, we've had Jared Schaefer on the show. Uh, we've had, uh, what's the hunt urban What's his name? Taylor Chamberlain. Taylor uh, Taylor, Taylor Chamberlain. Had, uh, Adrian yeah. uh, Wilson's been on the show. So we've had a bunch yeah. of the guys on there. I mean, you've got a great relationship with all those guys. Uh, I hope I can uh, start up a start a relationship with all those guys as well. So, man, I, I'm stoked. Uh, I'm super excited, and I can't wait to uh, start this new venture, uh, especially for uh, the podcast as well. Absolutely, no, for sure. I, I think. Uh, I think the character of the company is reflected in, in the interactions that we have with those people, right? Like that's, that's, that's the face of, of the brand. And those people have been outstanding people. They, they, they give 
way more information than than most people I think in their positions would do. They go above and beyond to answer questions and come on lonely uh, southeastern podcasts like the Chasing Tales Outdoor. I'm just kidding, but <laughs> you know they they <laughs> they're great guys. In fact, one of our top grossing episodes still to date is is Taylor's episode where he comes and talks about hunting. Uh, urban whitetails and so we're going to get more of those guys on we're going to get greg back on at some point and share some stories we can get together with some like-minded people and go on a hunt here uh together i think that's in the works actually so uh guys without further ado we're not going to belabor this point much longer but i do want to make one final announcement and that is to kick off the tethered chasing tails arrangement we are giving away a tethered predator platform Boom. Boom. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's a hundred and sixty something dollar platform right now. We're going to be giving away. So Chase, all they have to do is subscribe to Patreon to win this platform. We've we've told you that we had some big things coming down the pipe and uh, to reward our Patreon listeners, we're going to be doing quarterly giveaways. And this is the final cog in that plan that we've told you has been working uh, for quite some time. Every quarter, we're going to select a Patreon winner of some product that we've get that we have uh, selected to give you guys and this week or this quarter coming up is going to be the predator platform. So if you join Patreon between now and September, did I get that right? July, August, September, yep. You will be entered for the predator platform. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that that is super awesome and I'm glad we have something like that to be able to give to uh the patrons of the show. Absolutely. You know, the, the last, the several of the last episodes, we've introduced them as being the uh, the backbone of this podcast. The people that have that have uh, contributed to our ability to go to the deer and deer ex, uh, deer and deer hunting expo and stuff like that, World Deer Expo rather. And uh, we just want to continue to say thank you, and and we're gonna. Uh, continue to to do so quarterly. We might uh, buy gear, test it, and give it away. We've got all kinds of fun stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah. So be sure to, to 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 subscribe to Patreon if you want to be involved in those giveaways. And thank you, thank you, thank you for supporting the show every week. Yeah, I have to reiterate that we. I mean, we really thank everybody. We thank all of our listeners uh, who tune in every week, and uh, we, we want to thank our patrons as well. So this is our way of saying thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get to this episode. It's an awesome episode. See you guys on the other side. Oh, man, guys. I am really excited. I've been thinking about this for about the last 48 hours nonstop, and I've been thinking about it for a while before that. We have got the the man, a man, behind the craze that is sweeping the nation. We have got Greg Godfrey. Buddy, dude, thank you for returning to the show. Uh, we just had you on. How the heck are you? Oh, fantastic, man. Uh since uh, since we were on the show last, what we we went fishing, or was uh, was our fishing trip yep. before or was, after the podcast? It was after. That's right, it was after. So we did get to go fishing together with you and Chase, and that was a total blast. <laughs> you you landed an absolute monster bass on that trip too. Yeah, I mean, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn every now and again. <laughs> Well, the the number one piece of feedback that we got from the last episode that we did with you was that everybody thought it was the ballsiest move to have the godfather of saddle hunting on the show and not talk saddle hunting. So we're going to rectify that situation tonight in, I think, the most epic of fashions. We are cool. We are all here tonight to announce that Tethered will now be the title sponsor of the Chasing Tales Outdoor 
brand. And I have got to say that I can't think of a better fit considering how much saddle hunting I do, how much saddle hunting Chase is going to be doing this upcoming year. And uh, I, I'm, I'm just over the moon that uh, you'd be willing to partner with us coming up. Well, I mean, Tethered is a community-driven organization. We came from the saddle hunting community. That's what we are, a bunch of saddle hunting maniacs. I say it all the time. We're nobody special, just normal dudes who like to hunt you know, out of a saddle as opposed to a tree stand. And so what I like about your podcast is that you guys are very community-driven as well. I mean, you're always having on interesting people. They don't have to be big names. They don't have to be celebrities. They can be anybody, just like me, that can come on the Chasing Tales podcast and tell their story. That's why I like your podcast so much. Well, I appreciate that, man. We, we, When we were building this brand and when we were setting off in this direction, we wanted to to be something that people can relate to and, and people can uh, hear some awesome stories because stories never get old, dude. I mean, w- when we went fishing, we were sharing stories and sharing memories and all kinds of funny things. I mean, heck, I think we made one of the best memories ever at that little diner right there. You know, that's the kind of, uh, the kind of story that, that lives on around fire, uh, campfires for years to come. So I'm glad to, yeah, as long as bad memories <laughs> count, that <laughs> diner was awful. <laughs> Oh, man. My, well, my it was old... yesterday's diner, so that's what you get for going to yesterday's stu- diner. <laughs> yeah, I still haven't gotten my food that I ordered that night. <laughs> what did what did Brett call it? He said it's yesterday's di- yesterday's diner tomorrow or something like that. Or he had some... it was something. <laughs> it was something very fitting. Was... Oh man, we had a we had a good time. But uh, no, I, in all seriousness, I'm. I'm thrilled to have have you on board. I, people may not know this, but I got my saddle hunting start through you. In fact, um, probably about a year and a half ago, it was January of the of the previous year, however long ago that was, probably a year and a half. And I found your G2 Outdoors handle on Instagram, started a chat with you, asked you about saddle hunting. You were kind enough to take time out of your day and 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 talk saddle hunting through me. And one day you, you said, hey, I got something pretty cool coming down the pipe. Check it out. And tethered had been born now tethered started long before that exchange of messages between you and i but for the people who don't know how was tethered formed and and how did it kind of come into being well like i kind of mentioned a minute ago tethered was born from a bunch of saddle hunters from the saddlehunter.com forum the online community we were kind of tired of having to DIY our gear. We couldn't find the stuff that worked for our style of hunting. We were going on Craigslist and eBay and archery talk forums and any sort of online forum that you could find in order to find the kind of stuff that would sort of work for us. And then we were buying it and hacking it up, sewing it together, (laughs) uh, basically DIYing our setups. And so a bunch of us got together and said, you know what, why don't we just make it? And and it worked. You know, we kind of had the plans of just being a small, small run of products. We didn't, we didn't really think it was a business. Um, we thought we'd sell a few hundred of them to saddle hunters in our community. And then we would, we'd sell them up, sell them at, you know, enough of a profit to where we could get our stuff for free. And then we would have basically designed the perfect saddle hunting setup and we would have gotten it, you know, for us. And that's, that's how it started. And I think that's, that's incredibly important because when I was trying to, 
to get into it. You know, I had found your videos and I was seeing it. There wasn't like a real good, like all in one place, like you said, where you could go and find stuff. And it, and for someone like me who was skeptical, it was invaluable to have, you know, an authority step into the room and, and be like, here's literally go to our website. Here's everything you need to get going. I thought that was just incredible. And it's, I think it's, it's been proven through the the craze that has swept the nation and it's been exactly that i mean it's just it's incredible the amount of people who who are interested in saddle hunting i think two years ago people would have laughed at me if i had been walking down the the street with a with a with a you know a saddle and now people find out i'm a saddle hunter and i'm the coolest kid in the room for about five minutes you know (laughs) (laughs) well you know in at the end of the day it's it's gonna get to a point where it's just another tool in the tool chest it's not you know do you hunt out of a climber? Do you hunt out of a lock-on? Do you hunt out of a ladder stand? Do you hunt out of a ground blind? Well, do you hunt out of a saddle? It's just going to be normal. The thing is, is it just, it just hasn't, no one has ever made a product that was user-friendly and comfortable and lightweight and, you know, kind of did all the things that Tethered ended up doing. So I think, uh, I think in just a few more years, the craze will have kind of gone away because I think it'll be a lot more commonplace when, once people have, kind of gotten accustomed to it do you think that it it will displace traditional tree stands probably not it it should i mean it's safer it's lighter it's better it's faster it's stronger so it should but i don't know i don't know maybe it's small-minded to think that it won't but um i just think there are a lot of a lot of people that really enjoy hunting from tree stands and they don't really see a reason to switch so i think it's going to take a while before the safety aspect really catches on and people realize that you're connected to the tree the entire time. So the likelihood of falling goes way down. You know, the traditional tree stand, you, you have the option of, of hunting elevated without a safety harness. Uh, even in today's culture of social media where everybody talks about being safe, I mean, you still can do it without being safe. With the saddle hunting setup, you don't really have that option. You, you either you're either tethered to the tree the whole time or you're not. You're not you're hunting on the ground because <laughs> you can't do it unsafely. Right. You know what I mean? So I think uh I don't know, man. Who knows? I I'm sure when they invented the first climber climbing tree stand or the first compound bow, people were like, Ah, yeah, you know, a few people will use it, but it'll never get huge. <laughs> um I can imagine all the longbow and recurve shooters saying that about the first compound bow. Same about climbing tree stands. I mean, I know back in the day the old Baker tree stands, they were viewed as kind of a death trap. Oh, and, and now, yeah, and now look at them. I mean, now it's it's just normal. Like everyone probably has a climber and a lock-on. So I see that, I see it going kind of that way where everyone kind of gets to gets used to it and it becomes another tool in the toolkit that you can use it when it makes sense and you know, hang, hang on, a, on a lock-on when that makes sense. And really, I think that's probably the best way to use it is to to figure out when it works for you and when it doesn't and then uh, you know in place it accordingly so let's break down what kind of products does tethered offer the uh the saddle hunter getting into things the mission of of tethered is to be the one-stop shop for saddle hunting so you can get your saddle you can get your ropes your carabiners you can get your platform you can get the accessories the everything the pouches everything that you need to to hunt from an elevated position you can get that from tethered and and that's kind of where we started and we're not quite there yet but we're close um i think in the next 18 months 
we've got plans to add even more things to our lineup to really become the one-stop shop that, that we want to be. It just takes time. But for a, for a beginning saddle hunter, somebody that's coming over from, you never, you've never heard of it or you've been hunting out of a traditional tree stand forever, you can get everything that you need uh, at this point in time from, from Tether. You can get your saddle and you can get your platform. Um, the only thing you can't really get from us right now is a way to climb the tree. But most hunters already have a way to climb the tree, whether it be screw-in steps or some lone wolf climbing sticks or hawk helium climbing sticks or something like that. Uh, that's really the only thing that you don't, you couldn't get from Tethered at this point in time. Right on. What are what are some of the things to come that people can expect from Tethered? Well, we're launching a few products here in the very near future. Um, our our Versa straps are about to go live, which is a super cool product. Uh, the way I like to use them are for attaching climbing sticks. I think it's better than than am steel rope. I think it's better than big loud buckles. Uh, but our but our uh, our Dyneema am steel, whatever you want to call it, the the actual fiber is. I can get nerdy here. It's uh, a <laughs> H high molecular weight HMWPE high molecular weight polyethylene. That is the actual fiber that um, that is super strong. It's stronger than steel. Uh, pound for pound is stronger than steel and it floats it has uv resistance it's rot resistance it's, it does great in the rain um, it's just a it's like a wonder fabric or wonder fiber and that's what we're moving uh moving into these versa straps and it's an awesome awesome product we also have our his strap came coming out this fall the hys strap and that's a public land legal way to hang basically all of your gear in the tree without having to screw anything in. That's something that I've been using for a couple of years now and I've helped, I don't even know how many hundreds of people make their own. And now we're just coming out with a way that, you know, if you're not so, if you don't have a sewing machine, you're not into thread injecting, like I like to say, <laughs> the manlier version of that. If, if you're not into that, you know, you can just send us 20 bucks and we'll send you one. It's easier than making your own, but um, that's coming out. The Predator Pack is coming out and then in 2020, We've got uh, we've got a few things up our sleeve in 2020. I, I think I think that Predator Pack is perhaps my I don't know I don't know I go back to that that Versa straps pretty that it's pretty sweet too but I think that Predator Pack man put my sticks on the bottom of that Joker on the al exterior that is like the perfect uh, hot weather pack it's light it's small it does exactly what you need it's a minimalist setup it just kind of feeds into what I think of as a saddle hunter is just like getting everything as compact perfectly laid out lightweight and and just you know priding yourself on having to you know kind of laid everything out your own your own way absolutely and if I didn't film all of my hunts right I think I would probably use the predator pack on 80 percent of my hunts because I go in so light. If you took out my camera gear, I mean, I probably would only be at, you know, eight or 10 pounds. I'm super lightweight. Uh, I just prefer to hunt that way. And the Predator Pack with a few little expansion um, packs or expansion pockets or whatever you want to call them, it would be just an awesome way to hunt. Yeah, I think, I think to be honest, you could probably rig it in a way to where if you had like a minimalist ca uh, camera setup, maybe you could even make it work. But Maybe a backpack needs to come down the pipe, uh, the pipe before too much longer. That would be uh, a sweet addition. 
Hmm, that's a, it's an interesting idea. <laughs> so, so let's address some immediate concerns. There's a lot of people who are skeptical. I see people all the time looking from a distance, kicking the tires, coming up with preconceived notions about what saddle hunting is. And I think uh, it'd be fitting to take a few minutes and just kind of hit some basic questions that Chase and I see constantly on the, on the, the Facebook cha- uh, groups and, and uh, forums. Absolutely. Okay. Let's do it. So first and foremost, we want to know, how did you get into saddle hunting? Well, I'm active duty Army. As we, as we have this conversation, I am um, an active duty Army officer. I got into it because Uncle Sam moved me out west to Colorado. My first, uh, my first job in the Army was at Fort Carson in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Now, I grew up where you are, Walt, in the panhandle of Florida, and I tried to take that style of hunting out west with me because I'd never even been west of the state of Texas when when I moved out there so I had no clue what I was getting into and it just didn't work I tried to bring my climber around and there were no trees that were straight out west it's like nothing I couldn't climb with anything in the river bottoms where I wanted to hunt and lugging that thing lugging like a like a traditional lock-on stand and sticks in and out with me because I was hunting public land. So locking, lugging that stuff in and out with me was just way too heavy, and I hated it. So that's how I found it. I found a, an old product that used to be around. Um, actually, they're making a comeback now, but they, they weren't around. They were around then. It's called Trophy Line, Trophy Line Tree Saddle. And I found one of those on, on a, I think, Archery Talk Classifieds. And I bought one and it wasn't terribly comfortable. It was a little heavy for what it was. I think it weighed like eight or 10 pounds, Um, maybe a little less than that, maybe seven or eight pounds, but it wasn't terribly, it was a lot lighter than my climber, but it was still a little bulky. Wasn't a fantastic product, but it worked and it did what it said it would do. So I used that for several years, both in the Rocky Mountains and then when I got moved to upstate New York, uh, I took that with me, and I was using it then, and that's when I started really chasing the ultralight tree saddle, which is I started making my own out of sit drags and kind of making my own deal and sewing it up, uh, and that's really where Tethered was born from, was from this pursuit of trying to make it lighter, faster, better, stronger, and that's that's kind of how it happened. Um, I, I, I couldn't hunt with traditional equipment where I was, uh, or I could, it just wasn't very efficient, and uh, that's kind of how I got started down this rabbit hole. That's awesome. I didn't know. I didn't know you started out that way. I thought you started out with like a sit drag. Nope. I started out with a trophy line back in 2009. That was my first saddle. And uh, like I said, I hunted with that for probably five years before I started. And I and I wasn't exclusive at that time either. I think it's important to note because it was kind of bulky, not terribly comfortable. I only used it when I needed to, because um, I really couldn't sit more than maybe three three hours in it and i would start to get really uncomfortable so i still use my climber when i could that was Mm. i was i wasn't i wouldn't really call myself i guess i could but i I wasn't a saddle first hunter like i am now Um, i was definitely a climber first hunter where it worked and then if it wouldn't work then i would take the saddle was there any resources you were going to back then greg or were you just kind of winging it there weren't any resources. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I started my YouTube channel um, because there there wasn't anything out there. There was a few videos here and there, and you could talk with some folks uh, on Archery Talk or on the new forum, SaddleHunter.com, which wasn't even around when I first got started. But 
there, there just wasn't much information. You, you couldn't hardly find a trophy line product. And then once you, if you did find one online, then trying to find someone that had experience with it wasn't, it, it was like, you know, pissing up rope. It was just hard to do. <laughs> and so there weren't that many resources. So, you know, I started helping a lot of people on saddlehunter.com. That started to get really popular. And then I started posting videos on my on my YouTube channel with kind of how-to videos, and that seemed to have helped a lot of people. Um, but yeah, there weren't a lot. There just wasn't a lot of resources back in the day. You had to kind of figure it out on your own. Well, since you are one of the resources now, uh, you can answer one of our next uh, questions: Is how does one saddle hunt? So it's actually a pretty simple concept. You guys familiar with the uh, the old man tree stands oh, yeah. with those net seats in there? Yep. So imagine a rock climbing harness and an old man tree stand had a baby. And that's what it's like. Uh, so you get the comfort of the old man net seat because we use mesh, uh, a mesh seat in our saddle. But you get the safety of, of a rock climbing harness. So your harness is your tree stand. Your tree stand is your harness. It's one, one piece of equipment. It weighs about a pound. You wear it in on your waist. You climb the tree with it. And then once you get to tree, you tie in your tether. Uh, to the tree and you hook up to your harness your 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 saddle and you face the tree and you hunt that way so there's no big huge giant metal things that you got to haul up and you know one arm around the tree as you try to get the ratchet strap around the tree to hang the tree stand is just we eliminated all that stuff and made it as simple as possible so what are what are some of the benefits to saddle hunting well, there's a lot. And, le- and let me let me say this. Don't go down the safety route. Just go down like maybe the functionality a- as being a hunter because I want to kind of break apart the safety component of it because that is the, I think, the biggest stumbling block. And I kind of want that to be its own maybe maybe moment on this podcast. Okay. Well, then, le- I mean, we could talk about a hundred different benefits, but there's two that really stick out to me. And the first one is stealth. So there's a lot that goes into the stealth benefit. It's not only stealth from deer, but it's also stealth from other hunters. Because as you know, if you hunt public land, a lot of times if you get on a buck uh, or if you're in deer, you know, you don't really want people to know about it. You know, you don't want to give that away because it can it can oftentimes take so much effort to find those spots on public land. And, and if you've got a big tree stand hanging in the tree, well, that's a dead giveaway that, that you're hunting there. And so, so stealth from other hunters, but also, also stealth from deer, because the way a, a saddle hunter would set up, you would set up on the back side of the trunk of the tree from where you expected the deer to come. So if you imagine yourself in a clock and you've got a, or let's just say north-south direction, let's say you've got a, a cornfield to the north and that's where you expect the deer to be. Well, I'm going to set up on the south side of the tree so that way when the deer uh, in the north side of me in the cornfield they they have a more difficult time seeing me because i'm using the trunk the tree trunk to my advantage so stealth is one of the major benefits of saddle hunting and then the second one i would say is the ability to shoot 360 degrees around the tree in a tree stand you lose everything behind you Um, if you're in a really tiny tree maybe you could shoot behind you but as a general rule in a tree stand, any deer that comes behind you, you're going to have to wait until they get to the left or to the right or in front of you so you can shoot. Well, you don't, you don't have that, that problem in a saddle. You can truly shoot 360 degrees around the tree. So 
you gain you gain that benefit of being able to shoot wherever the deer is those are the two of the main benefits of a saddle but I, I mean we could go into a lot of them like comfort the ability to hunt any tree because you're not dependent on a big heavy tree stand that's maybe and it's a crooked tree or a leaning tree that your your tree stand wouldn't work in or if the tree was too small to support a tree stand you could still hunt it in a saddle so there's lots of other advantages but the two big ones are our stealth and the ability to shoot 360 degrees. I think the other thing, I asked you to hold off on the safety component of it because it's a huge topic and we could go down, you know, you and I did a whole podcast back in the day uh, that was you know, 50 minutes long talking and breaking down the safety components of things. But I, I kind of wanted to hone in on, on like a narrow part of that for this conversation because time is limited. But when you and I talked about safety, you, you talked about how overbuilt it is for the amount of weight that you're putting on there. Can you kind of touch on how hanging from that rope is safer than uh, when a crisis occurs in a tree stand? So I like to describe it as the difference in preventing a fall and catching a fall. A tree stand safety harness is designed to catch you when you fall. So you slipped off that platform. That uh, safety harness, depending on how tight your safety strap is, how much slack you had in it, you could fall anywhere from a few inches to a few feet, just depending on how you set it up. That can be a problem. There are many, many, many recorded injuries from people falling and sustaining an injury during that fall, whether it was a shock from the fall or whether that then swung them into their, I've heard of guys uh, being swung into a climbing method and getting impaled from a from a screw and step. Then you also have to deal with the idea of self-recovery. You know, maybe you fall and now you've got to find a, find a way to pull yourself back up onto your, your tree stand platform. Again, depending on how much slack was in your system, you could be hanging way down below it and it could be a major problem. Not to be a negative Nancy, I mean, a lot of a lot of times I, I would imagine in a, a fall from a tree stand, it's not that big of a deal, but you can see where you're, you're inducing the opportunity for injury in, in a system that is designed to catch your fall. On the flip side with a saddle, you're tied to the tree the entire time, your weight is in the saddle in the entire time, so it prevents you from ever falling in the first place. And that's a big difference. I mean, it's, it may be subtle, but it's important because I have slipped. I have, uh, I climb with tree spurs sometimes. I have gaffed out. I have been climbing onto my platform mm. and slipped a number of times. And because I have always, I always use my saddle properly and I'm always attached to the tree. The worst thing that ever happened was I kind of swung into the tree and I bumped my nose on the tree and I got a little scratch on my nose. That's after about uh, getting close to 10 years of saddle hunting experience. If it's, when you use it properly, the the chances of falling are virtually nil. Yeah, and, and I can attest to that myself. When you sent me the the platform out there and I'm I'm using it for the first time, scared to death of heights, shaking a little bit, and I'm used to having this huge assault platform that you know, this assault two lone wolf platform, which in comparison is, is huge, right? And the yeah. first time I'm, I'm I've let my tether or I've let my lineman belt, you know, slack. I'm I'm resting in the in the tether and you told me, you know, swing back and forth and get used to it. Dude, I stepped square right off that freaking saddle. Like I had more space uh, off that platform rather. Stepped right off. I had a panic attack until I realized 
You know what? You know what it was like. Has it, I'm sure you've seen Robin Hood Men in Tights. You remember when Little John's in the water and he's like he's freaking out, thinking he's drowning. I was freaking yeah. out, thinking I was falling, and I'm just sitting there in place. I've got bark in my teeth because I, you know, I, my face hit the tree, but I didn't go anywhere. And it was at that moment I was like, okay, there was no shock, you know, like there was no fall. There was there. It was just you. Just you were there. You just kind of sitting in place. Yeah, you just swing into the tree, yeah. and depending on your body position when you swing. You know, it's happened to me about three or four times total in in 10 years where I've made a mistake. Usually it's my fault, moving too quickly, not paying attention to what I'm doing. I'm in the dark, Mm -hmm. whatever. And depending on where my body was when I swung into the tree, you know, I've just hit my knees into the tree, which didn't do anything. I've hit my, landed on my hip, you know, kind of swung into my, the side of my body, didn't do anything. The only time I even got what would be considered an injury was when I gaffed out on my spike. I swung into the tree and kind of hit my face and put a good little scratch on my nose. But again, it was no big deal. Um, You also talk about uh, having your weight supported by the tree is completely different than standing on a platform with no, no feeling, no support from the tree. And it's, it's kind of hard to explain unless you've done it, but when you're attached to the tree the whole time, you can feel your weight into the trunk of the tree with a rope that holds 6,000 pounds. So it's very it's very comforting once you get used to it and you understand that that by placing your trust in your gear, you're so safe that it, it ends up feeling really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. I can't I cannot wait for Chase to get familiar with his system and, and, and be able to provide that similar feedback. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it looks safe. I mean, everything I've looked at, uh, if you look, if you go, if you haven't ever been in one and you just go look at the system, whether you find somebody on YouTube or whatnot, and you look at them in the tree all set up, I mean, it looks safe to me. Like, that, that's enough for just for me to even look at it to go, okay, yeah, that, that's definitely safe. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to have any issues thinking that I'm not safe in the tree when, when I'm in that uh, saddle at all. Well, one of the things that I like to tell people to do when they first get it is – Set up, you know, six inches off the ground and, and get your bow out and shoot some shots in the backyard. But then I also like to say try to fall out of it because you want to build that confidence when you're six inches off the ground, not when you're 25 feet up with a big buck, you know, <laughs> staring up at you. So, yeah. so go sideways, try to wiggle out of it, flip upside down, try to wiggle, wiggle out of it. And what that does is it, it, it will build a lot of confidence in your gear on the ground and then when it is a hunting scenario, you know that you can lean lean away and make the shot that you need to make because you have confidence in your gear. Well, you've talked about the benefits, pros, all that stuff. Are there any limitations when hunting out of a saddle? Absolutely. Um, one of the biggest things is what we talked about a little bit earlier is education. There's not, you can't go to your local sporting goods Taylor, you can't go to Walmart, Cabela's, the Bass Pro. You can't go there and just buy one and and have a knowledgeable associate inside explain to you the ins and outs of these things. It's something you have to put some personal time and investment into learning it by watching videos, by listening to podcasts, by reaching out to people that have done it before. So one of the downsides is definitely the investment in learning a new system because it's not terribly easy to learn. You know, another downside is it kind of goes hand in hand with that is it's not that easy to try it out. You could go to pretty much any hunting buddy in the world. If you were a new hunter and 
you know, you work with Jim and Jim is a hunter. So you're going to rely on Jim to help show you the ropes. Well, he's probably got a tree stand or two that he could show you how to do it. Uh, for the most part, you can't really, you, you're not going to be lucky enough to find a saddle hunter just because it's such a small niche thing right now. So trying one out, you pretty much have to buy one and you know, that can be kind of expensive. So to me, that's a major downside as well. And then another downside is that it takes getting used to, uh, from a hunting scenario. It's, it's different. So a lot of times the, the geometry and the physics of hanging in a tree versus sitting on a metal seat in the tree, it's just different. And some people can have comfort issues. Some people Maybe they don't get it right away. Maybe they don't understand the mechanics of getting it to fit properly on their body right away. So there's a little bit of a learning curve to it. And that, again, I, can, I see as kind of a downside too. So there's definitely some, some cons to go with the pros. But if you're willing to put in the time to learn the system and to, to get used to it at the ground level and work out the kinks to make sure it works for you, then you can really eliminate a lot of those cons just by putting in some some time and effort. Yeah, I don't think all those limitations, what you said, is definitely goes back to that. It doesn't really sound like there's too many hunting limitations other than you just need to put in the time and effort to, to make it happen once you get it. You do, and some people some people don't get comfortable in it right away. For me, it it took me a while to get used to it. On the flip side, when we were developing the Mantis, the Mantis saddle, my brother was headed to Kentucky for a week-long uh, hunt in the rut. This was last year. And he wanted one because he didn't want to carry his climber. And so I sent him one, and I was like, dude, I'm only going to be able to get it to you like a couple days in advance from your hunt. I was like, you got to make sure you go in the backyard and you set it up and you learn the system and you figure it out. Well, of course, he didn't do that. He just got it, threw it in his truck, and drove straight to Kentucky and hunted with it the first morning. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, this thing was awesome from the moment I put it on. <laughs> um, so that happens too. I mean, I would say probably fully 60% of people, they have that experience where they put it on and they immediately get it. Like it fits their body right away. They understand how to, how to make it comfortable. Um, and then, you know, maybe three or four out of 10 they have a little bit of more of a learning curve to figuring out where they had two or three hunts that were kind of uncomfortable before they figured it out. But again, it's just about putting the time in and figuring it out. So if you see all these benefits, how lightweight it is, how small it packs up, uh, how versatile it is, that it can go on any tree. So if you see those benefits, it's definitely worth putting in a little bit of extra time and effort to learn the system so you can, you can leave all those heavy metal tree stands at home. Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those things, as much time as we put into to pursuing the game that we do, uh, using the equipment that we do from, you know, sh constantly shooting our bows in the backyard, it's just the same thing. Learn a new skill, it brings a certain set of benefits. Um, but I think one of the questions a lot of people have is, you know, it, it, getting into a new component of hunting costs money. And one of the biggest things I see asked is, what at a bare minimum do we need? So, I think our last question for you this evening would be what would a somebody who's entering saddle hunting, let's say they're already a, a deer hunter as a, as, as a start, what would they need to get at a minimum to be a saddle hunter? So it's kind of a difficult question to answer. If you bought everything from a, a retailer uh, to get hunting from a saddle, everything, I'm talking ropes and a platform and everything, you could spend anywhere from you know four to 600 bucks if you just went crazy. 
But if you already have ropes from maybe a tree stand safety rope that you had, that might work. If you already have the carabiners, that would work and save you some money. Uh, depending on what type of platform you want to use. If you if you want to hunt from your top of your climbing sticks or maybe you got a friend who's a welder and he could weld one up. I mean, it just it, a lot of it depends. I mean, you could get into one very inexpensively. The the Mantis saddle is 199 bucks and which is right on par with, you know, a, a climbing tree stand, a, a really nice one. So you could go anywhere from 200 bucks all the way up to 600 bucks, just depending on how much you want to spend. And if you wanted to go the DIY route, that's what I did. Um, I started out with a DIY saddle and you could do that for next to nothing. I mean, I was, I made my first, my first sit drag saddle, which was, I think I paid 30 bucks for it. And I had an old rock climbing harness from when I was using it with the tree stand. You know, even if I had to buy one, you can pick up a rock climbing harness for 30 bucks. Uh, you could pick up a, a sit drag for 30 bucks. And if you're at all industrious or you're not afraid of a little bit of a DIY project, you could be up hanging in the tree for less than a hundred bucks. So it just depends on what you want. You know, if you're not scared of a DIY project, it's not very expensive at all. But if you want to get something off the shelf that has been tested uh, for safety and follows the, the proper protocols for testing standards, well, you know, you're going to spend a few mm -hmm. hundred bucks on that. I think in closing, the best way we can do this is, one, say, Greg, you're going to have to come back on the show, obviously. We <laughs> we need to talk more about your setup. We need to talk more about how you hunt from it, and we need to share some stories from you. But where can people go? Where are some of the better resources for people to go to, uh, having been inspired by this episode, go and learn and consume as much content as possible? So the first place I would go um, is go to YouTube. Go check out my YouTube channel at G2 Outdoors on YouTube. If you just type in saddle hunting on YouTube, you'll eventually find me. But if you remember G2 Outdoors, I've got videos that go into excruciating detail over every single piece of equipment. What is a tether? What is a lineman belt? What kind of carabiner should I use? What type of rope are these saddles made from? What platform works? What do I do with my feet? How do I get comfortable? I have a video explaining each and every one of these topics. So that's probably the best way to the best way to learn about it just because you can see it. I demonstrate it. You can see with your own eyes exactly what I'm talking about. And then from there, I would connect with some other people who have been who have some saddle hunting experience. There are Facebook groups. Uh, there's a saddle hunter Facebook group that is really awesome with a lot of people that are super helpful. You could connect there. You could go to saddlehunter.com, which is the largest uh, saddle hunting forum in the world. I think it might be the only one, but it's definitely <laughs> the largest. And uh, so there are a lot of ways that you can connect now and you can learn about this, which is which is what's so cool about social media and things like YouTube. That didn't exist back when I was learning all this stuff, or it did, but not not in the capacity that it does today. So. I would go to YouTube and search some saddle hunting videos. Maybe you'll find G2 Outdoors, and, and I can explain a lot of this stuff in video. And then go to these forums, these Facebook groups, and you can definitely find answers to all the questions you may have. Outstanding. Now, the, I know all your videos, I consumed all of those that the summer that Tethered was announced. Just getting myself familiar with them, and, and it's a great resource for people. So I highly encourage folks to go and take advantage of that for sure. Uh, if somebody wants to find out more about these saddles or order one themselves, where, where do they need to go? Where do you direct them? Yeah, if you Google tethered, uh, T-E-T-H-R-D, 
uh, Tethered Nation, you'll find us. And I think if you Google saddle hunting, you'll find us. But uh, yeah, we're Tethered Nation. And we were, you know, kind of like I talked about in the beginning, we're a bunch of saddle hunters from saddlehunter.com. That's where we all met. You know, we're like an online dating relationship in a weird way. <laughs> but we we all met on this community forum and we started building products together and it turned into a business. So if you decide to support Tethered um, with your hard-earned dollars, that's what you're supporting. You're supporting a bunch of real hunters that live and breathe saddle hunting. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, Greg, if you'll hang on one second, don't go anywhere. I'm going to close this out. Guys, if you want to learn more, you've been told where to go. You know where to find all the resources. No matter what you do between now and the next episode, make sure you get outside, enjoy the great outdoors, and make some memories while you do it. Until next time, tell your friends about the podcast, subscribe, share it with everybody, and we'll catch you later. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, mule there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. When you go out there and the fish are where you think they are, any one of these casts could be the bite. It's the most exciting fishing that I know right here at Hawks Cave. Oh, that's awesome. Experience the best saltwater fishing the world has to offer. Don't miss Thursdays with Saltwater Experience. Brought to you by Golden Boat Lifts. Every Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. The destination for outdoor entertainment.